0: We'll
1: Welcome back to the Heavy Metal Mayhem Radio Show. It's great to be back on the air. We were off last weekend for the Memorial Day holiday, but we're back now, and we got a great show for everybody tonight. It's June 2nd. Stephen and Castor Valor of Castor Valor are our guest. We'll be talking to them in about a half hour. Or so right there, Voivod, with Voivod. It's hard to believe that that record, War in Pain. Is already 35 years old. I mean, actually, next month, uh, I think once it was July, maybe it was August of 1984, back on Metal Blade Records. I, you know, I was such a big Voivod fan back in the 80s. I've had a hard time getting into a lot of the, the newer stuff they've been putting out. The Wake the List record. I mean, I just, I've tried and tried and tried. I just cannot get into it. And I, kind of, I guess I kind of felt that way. Probably going back to Killing Technology, That was probably the last Voivod record I was really crazy about. After that. To me, it was kind of hit or miss. You know, they went in a little different direction musically, but a lot of people still love them. Hopefully, maybe one day we'll get back to that classic sound. I doubt it, but you never know. Hope is hope, right? All right. How about a little thrust
0: metallic attack?
1: metal state of New Jersey, Hades with the Boat of the Dead. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that song actually ever appeared on any Hades record as an original. It might have been added on later on when they remastered or reissued albums, you know, decades after they came out. Uh, But when they put out the original albums back in the 80s, I don't think that song appeared on any Hades record. It was on one of those compilation records, I believe. or Maybe that was Easy Way Out. A Metal Massacre, but uh never pit on a record. What a great song. I would love to see Hades do something again, uh, but last time we had Alan Techie on the show, it seems like there really wasn't much love lost between him and Dan Lorenzo. I'm not saying that it wouldn't happen. Uh, Alan's a sweetheart of a guy, and it might, but it would be good to get new music from them, especially with Alan on vocals. He is just an amazing singer. If you listen to the stuff he's even doing today with the band, I mean, he's a singer with Watchtower on and off for quite a long time. Uh, he's been out there with Heathen's Rage when they do some live shows. He does a lot with Mike LePond and the Silent Assassins. He's just a tremendous vocalist and a real nice guy. It would be pretty cool. I know Alan Hayes has another band going on right now. I think they're more of a studio project than an actual band. It's called Vessel of Light. I got that record about a year ago called Woodshed. I still have not played one song from it or gone through it. Maybe that'll give me something to do this week. We'll uh, look into that. Right before that, Thrust with Metallic Attack. What a great band. Eric Claro was on vocals for the band these days. Eric is another powerful singer. Their last record was pretty good, but nothing beats that earlier stuff. I'll take that any day of the week. All right, let's jump into some more music here. We're going to get the band on the line in about 10 minutes or so. We're talking about everything going on in the world of Castle of allure. How about we do, let me see, how about we go to New York? I haven't played the Poison Dollies in a very long time. They were a great local out there for many years. Some them quite a few times at Lamar's back in the 80s. How about with the keeper of the faith? The Beast. I hear there's some audio problems out there tonight. The chat is down. I don't know what's going on. Uh, let me try calling my guests, see if I can get them on the line. And if we can record this, at least it'll play back after the show is over when they figure it out. But let me dial out to them right now and get them on the line. So bear with me here. Hello? Hello? Dave, this is Mike. Can you hear me? I can hear you. How's it going? I'm doing great. I'm sorry. we got a lot of audio problems here tonight. They're working on it, but we're still recording, and it'll play as soon as they get it back on, and it'll be in the live feed later okay. on, so we, we can still do this. Sounds great. All right. Is Kirsten there, too?
2: Yes, he is. Yep, I'm All right right here. How,
1: how, how are you today?
2: I'm good.
1: All right. Hey, listen, I'm happy that, you know, I kind of found you guys. You found me. This music is phenomenal that you guys are putting out. And, you know, it's like a larger than life experience musically and show-wise from what I hear. How did this whole band and project come about?
2: Um, It's really my fault. Um, <laughs> I came up with this bad. Um So what happened was I really started getting into, you know, heavier music, um, junior high. And I started listening to Marilyn Manson specifically. And I really loved his music. And I that's why I was inspired to try to become a musician. And I bought a guitar. It was a crappy starter guitar. Came with an amp and all that crap. And then I started playing a little bit. Then I started writing. And I wanted to kind of combine the two, see if the lyrics fit what I was playing on the guitar, but I couldn't do both of them at the same time, so I gave the guitar to Steve, and I was like, hey, can you play this? And he started playing it, and he played it really well, and he started to embellish on it and make it even better, and I was like, all right, you play the guitar, I'm going to try singing, and that's how we started Caster Valor.
3: Yeah. And that happened maybe about like 10 years ago. So we were just kids at the time. And um, yeah, we hadn't done anything musical before we just picked everything up one day, formed the band and started writing music. And then throughout the years, you know, we had to learn how to actually play the guitar, how to learn how to sing. (laughs) Um, We auditioned a lot of drummers and bass players and then we've, actually been active i'd say since 2017 so that's when we played as a three-piece we had a stable lineup recorded our album released in 2018 a prelude to the freak show and then we've just been playing shows ever since
1: so all those years before you actually i guess you know you kind of got serious in 2017 but all the years before then it was just kind of refining what you wanted the band to be and you know and playing and learning how to play your instruments the proper way
3: Basically, yeah. You know, I mean, we had other musicians in the band, but I mean, we were just kind of getting our feet wet, figuring out how we wanted to sound, what we wanted to do. And of course, finding, you know, professional and serious musicians takes time. You know, we're just in Minnesota here, so limited amount of people. <laughs> yeah, well, what,
2: but... I, what happened was we actually played our first gig like a week after we started after we picked up our instruments so like you know we had no experience we really sucked, (laughs) so we we needed a good amount of time to really uh hone our craft and in that process we you know we like we were always serious about this just we couldn't Mm -hmm. find like-minded people right and that was a big problem and right well 2017 is when we found those people and that's why we say that we're serious now because we have a a serious lineup and um, we're playing shows around the Midwest. We're not just
3: stuck in Minnesota. You know, we actually have an album out right now, so we haven't had any music out until now. And
2: we are doing things more professionally, uh, getting everything printed and, you know, the CDs, the t-shirts, all that. Um, we're really trying to step it up, especially with the the live show. Um, we put a lot of time and work into creating the industrial theater, building all the stage props and all that. Um, so we're we're maturing, basically.
3: Yeah, we just needed that time to, I guess, learn to do everything basically. Sure. We we was up, it a trial basically. and ever?
1: Was it like a trial and ever type thing from the beginning? Because maybe you weren't sure where the band was going to go musically, or did you kind of have a defined vision right from the start? This is what you know. I want us to be what we're going to be. We just got to get there. But was it just like you know, kind of throwing things around and seeing what would
2: stick? Well, the one thing that was always like for sure was that we want to be the biggest and the best band on the planet. So that that's for sure. Um, How we do that, yeah, there was trial and error.
3: That's for sure.
2: uh, We dabbled with, I mean, we still dabble with different genres, but like Mm -hmm. finding that exact sound was was trial and error.
3: Right. Um, Well, like when we first started, you know, the day I picked up the guitar, I didn't have any influences. I didn't listen to like any music besides the Beatles. You know, and it took some time. I started getting into heavier music like System of a Down. Then we started listening to 80s music, you know, Kiss, Scorpions, Motley Crue. Um, Castor was completely influenced by Marilyn Manson at the time. Then he was trying to sing like him, trying to sing like Rob Zombie. And then he got influenced by Queen. So then he started singing like Freddie Mercury, doing more power vocal. Rob Halford was a big influence as well. So we've definitely changed our sound and tried to learn from all the new artists that we were exposed to until we finally figured out one that we really liked.
0: Well, yeah. like me personally, I was very
2: limited. That's why I, I try to, you know, I was really influenced by Marilyn Manson was because he had kind of a low raspy voice and I could relate. That's kind of how I sounded and it wasn't as hard to do as the other stuff. Um, so that's that's where I started, but not like if you listen to the record, um, you do you might hear a little bit of the lower stuff, but it's more higher. There's like really gnarly falsettos everywhere, and I couldn't do those in the first several years. That took a while to develop. Yeah, it took time. To like learn. I learned to develop the range, and that's that was also a limitation, um, and that was part of finding our sound. Yeah,
1: Well, you know, musically, when you listen to what you guys are doing I mean, you kind of encompassed Like the last 40 years of rock and metal into your music I mean, you've grabbed a little bit from here A little bit from there And kind of just threw it in a pot And, you know, and it kind of created your own sound you, A lot of stuff going on musically in your songs
0: mm-hmm.
3: No, you're exactly right and That's kind of the way we see it um, We take influences from any decade, any genre it, it doesn't really matter You know, if it sounds good We listen to it if it feels good, we play it, you know, kind of like James Brown. <laughs> Same thing. Sounds good. Feels good. You play it.
2: Right. And like like me personally, I'm influenced from everybody from like Little Richard to Jewish Priest, Slipknot, Rammstein, all that. Beatles, Rolling Stones.
3: I love classical music, um, electronic music, dance music, all kinds of stuff. And,
2: like, yeah. It, this might hurt my reputation, but I love the Bee Gees. <laughs> you know, like they're my favorite. Like, I, that's kind of where the falsetto came out from. That uh, <laughs> disco stuff is catchy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> now, the, the BJ's are definitely one of a kind they, they've been around a long time doing what they're doing at least there's only one left now but they were uh, But you know, like <laughs> right. I, that, that could be like a double edged sword in a way because you'll have some fans that you get that say I don't know like one day they're doing this one day they're doing that they don't know what they want to be other fans will say they love the diversity I mean do you, have, do you worry mm-hmm. about writing to appease people that might become fans of the band or you just kind of write for yourselves, figuring, you know, hey if they want to like us they'll come along for the ride
3: it's a little bit of both. I mean, when you look at, like, our album, Apparently It's to the free Show, you know, there's five songs, and sure, they may have influences from all types of artists, but at the end of the day, it's just straight up rock and roll. Hard rock, punk rock, heavy sure. metal. It's all in there together. If you like rock and roll, you will be a fan. And, I mean, at the same time, we do write it for ourselves because we want to put on a show and write music that we want to hear and and listen to and see as well um but like our song ready or not says you know we're gonna do it if we don't care if you like it or not but if you do that's great too
2: like sure I, I don't i don't want to force people to listen to my music i want to force people to uh like my music but like if they do then they obviously have great taste and the music <laughs> i write um it's the music I wanna hear, uh so I am kinda of trying to make myself happy here um and that you know i I like the guy of great taste too then, so like if someone likes our music, oh, that means we have similar tastes and you know that i I think that's cool, um yeah, yeah.
1: I completely get that. You know, and talking about the state show, was that something that was planned from the beginning? Because, you know, you go back to bands, like you said, you talk about Marilyn Manson, Rob Zombie, Kiss. These bands made the stage show as as much, it was just as important as the music to them. It was like, they went hand in hand. Was there always that Mm -hmm. plan to put on this, you know, like massive state show, or at least as much as you could do, you know, within your budget at this time and, you know, grow it as you went along?
2: Um, at the beginning, it was a lot harder to do, because um, well, first of all, we were we were kids, so like we don't have we didn't have many skills, uh, <laughs> like 13, 14 years old. So like now, I have like I learned how to weld and <laughs> uh, woodwork and how to rig electronic stuff like lights and all that. So like these were skills that I had to develop. And that's why the stage show came about was because I learned how to be more crafty and handy. Um, but the thing is, the music always comes first. So you have to have that song. Um, you write the songs, you write the music. It has to be solid, it has to be good. And then that then, add, then you create all the props and the stage show to add to that. Mm-hmm. So it enhances it. And both are very important. But if you don't have a good song, it doesn't matter how cool your stage looks; it, it'll still sound bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we put a lot of we put more emphasis on the music, and the stage show just evolves out of that. And also, a lot of times we can't bring everything we want to bring. Um, and there's there's this one prop that we actually we we only used once because it's very hard for us to find a venue. That can support the size. and
3: Yeah, we have these giant metallic wings, um, kind of like our logo, so we can complete it in like a, a real live setting. So we have yeah. a banner that has the CV and says Castor Valore, but then we also have a wing to go on each side, and not many stages can support that. But um, to answer the question, I mean, we did want to have a giant stage show and something very entertaining from the beginning, but we worked with what we had. So, like, some of our earlier footage, it just shows us rocking out really hard. You know, I would play my guitar behind my head or between my legs just to kind of impress and put on a better show. And then now, we have the lights, the props, you know, everything else, and it all came together.
2: Well, we're all about being over the top. Like That's what we want. We want to be bigger, better, faster, you know, all that. Like, more, more, more. We want, Very we want
3: the audience to be completely blown away when they
2: come to the show.
1: Oh, you guys are doing that so far. You know, the area you come from in Minnesota, is there enough action over there to keep you guys active, like on the live front? Or do you find yourself having to travel out more and more often? To, I mean, you know, with the internet today, you could put up a song and people over the world could hear it right away. You know, it's not like in the old days where, you know, there was no internet. You kind of had to make your bones where you came from before you could branch out. So is it important to have like a local scene that, that can support the band enough to build up an audience or with the internet, does it doesn't it really matter today because you can go worldwide with the click of a button?
2: Well, I love Minnesota and there there's a lot of good music here, but there's not a scene for what we do in particular. Right. Uh, so we don't really have a home here. Like we have people to support us, but we don't have like that kind of scene the scene is more like death metal and
3: it's a lot of heavier stuff, yeah like it's it's hard to put together a show like for example, you know we just had Dokken and Tesla perform uh in Maplewood here, so it's like we can't do that as local bands, you, know, like we can't find our you know Tesla or our Dokken join us on stage um, for a night you know so we that's why we started traveling further out you know to Wisconsin Illinois um, just to kind of see what the scene is out there and even with the internet I still think we need to be playing out everywhere else it's its just not enough
2: well yeah. for me there's no point in music if you can't play it live like that that's, that's what I want to do um, I want to go out there and play the songs live that's when they sound the best. Yeah, we're a live band. We're a live band. Um Like, the record, like, I think it sounds good, but every time I play it live, even if on an off day, I think it sounds better. Like, there's just something you can't capture on the recording, and that's why we need to play live. And we have, we've expanded. We've gone to, like, Wisconsin, Illinois, and... <laughs> we found that they really accept us over there and we've had great turnouts and people over there are very supportive. Um, We're just excited to see what else is out there, you know? Right. We want to play more places, uh, meet new, meet more people, create more connections, all that. So we're, we're trying to expand.
1: Is it a mostly Do-it-yourself Type of operation Today for bands I mean Do you have to make Like you were saying You know Make contacts Is it important To make contacts With other bands From different places Where you can Hook up with each other Or exchange shows With each other Get on the bills Because you see So many bands today Like you were just saying You know You want to get on Bills with bands That are Similar musical style to yourself Which I think is hard anyway Because you guys encompass so much in my opinion You know, but like you'll mm-hmm. see Like a death metal band get on a bill with a power metal band Or, or like a hand metal band And I'm like, I don't know If I'm, if I'm a fan of one or the other I'm not going to really want to see the other bands And it makes it to me like mm-hmm. more difficult So what you're saying is right it, It'd be better to be on bills With bands similar to yourself So you know that audience that's there Is there for your type of music But is it getting harder and harder To find those type of packages Or to be involved in, you know, just getting on them
2: well here's the thing uh like in europe they have a lot of festivals and if you actually watch those festivals there's actually a lot of diversity in the bands like you get like Sepultura, and you then you get like aerosmith you get like you know all that and you know there is very diverse here it is different like you you want to have like the same style of music um on every show because people like you were saying yeah, maybe like if they're into death metal, they're not going to like when we go up there. Although what happens in a lot of, actually the majority of our shows, like we play with a lot of death metal bands, but the crowds, they they stay for us and they enjoy what we do. And I think it's because we do encompass a lot of different genres and styles So we kind of maybe have some sort of crossover. Um, Right.
3: Like we've always played with, um, we've always played on shows that have multiple genres on them. It's never been basically a lineup that's our type of music. Right. Because that's the scene that we're working with here. And it's, well, we want to play shows. So we're going to hop on a bill that has a whole bunch of like really heavy acts. Like we've been on shows where there's like an acoustic act. Then there's like, a punk act, a death metal act, and then there's us, you know, so we don't really have a choice.
2: <laughs> yeah. So the hey, you- that's this here in Minnesota. Um, but, but what I actually think is, like, as long as what you... As long as you love what you do and you're genuine with how you do it, I think people will appreciate that and it'll, it'll be okay.
3: Especially metal metalheads.
2: True. Yeah, so I don't see it as the biggest... I, I don't think it's the biggest deterrent, but yeah, it, I think it would help us if we could find more bands that were similar uh, in genre and style as us.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, you know, A
1: Prelude to the Freak show was out. I mean, did, was this just a digital release in the beginning? Or is it going to stay digital? or are, you, uh, are the hard copies available?
3: Yeah, we do have hard copies. Um, we released everything at the same time. Um, it went digital, and we sell physical CDs at our shows. Um, you can also go online to our website, mycastforuller.com, um, and get those as well.
2: Well, the thing is, I, I'm i old school, even though I'm not very old. Um, I I love the physical copies of CDs. Um, I was, when I was young, I would buy them all the time. Every time one of my favorite bands released a new album, I would buy it. Um, it's just now it, it's hard to actually get physical copies. Like I, I was trying to buy a Wasp album and it took like a month for it to get delivered to me. And like that was, was really exciting. It was halfway across the world. Yeah. Great album, but <laughs> like I had to wait a month. And by then, it was already on YouTube and everything. So like I, I listened to it there. So it wasn't like a new thing. But I love the physical copies. And that's why we absolutely had to make physical copies of our album. Um, and we can... It's tangible and you can take it home and it's physically there.
1: Yeah,
0: physical
3: is always better.
1: I agree. I'm not only myself and I love that vinyl has been making, you know, a small comeback over the last few years. A lot of people buying vinyl again, putting yeah. it out. what's the plan now for the band? I mean, is it to shop it around now, try to maybe get a a record deal or sign to a label? I know they don't offer what they used to, like, you know, in the eighties but, I mean, it, there's still a lot to be said about being signed to a label today. Is that something that the band's interested in trying to do? Or do you want to keep going and doing things on your own, having complete control over the, the band's future?
3: I mean, I, I love having the complete control. Um, but I'm, I'm not against, you know, a label or someone else wanting to help us as long as the deal is fair. You know, I want to keep all my music. Masters are mine. These are my songs. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm not against having a fair deal. Because, you know, it's really tough to do everything on your own, book all the shows, work the social media, um, do all the marketing, make all the connections, send out all the emails, outreach. It's it's exhausting. It's a full-time thing that you never get a break from. But I do enjoy having the control. (laughs) I I don't blame you. Why
1: wouldn't a band want to control their destiny? I mean, that's, I think, think that's one of the benefits of the labels kind of having – a little collapse years ago to falling apart after the digital age came to be, is that the bands are in charge of the desi. There's good and there's bad to it, but, you know, you decide what mm-hmm. you want and what you think is best for the band. You know, there's nothing wrong with that at all.
3: Right. So what we, do you got planned for firstly, the rest of this year? I'm, well, we got plenty of shows um, lined up. We're just going to keep doing shows, release some music videos. Um, we'd like to start recording the new album at some point because we have more material. We have about 20 full songs, including the EP. A lot of the songs are performed live. So at some point we would like the fans to be able to take them home, listen to them on their own time. Um, So in the future, music videos, more shows, full length album.
1: That'll be fantastic. You guys, I'm going to cut you loose in a few minutes because I'm going to get on some songs. And I apologize. I, I, it was venting. In 11 years I'm doing this show, just you guys being on here broke the internet because nothing's working tonight on the live broadcast. And an So there's something to be said <laughs> about Cast of Valor. I've never had a show where nothing absolutely worked until you guys came on here. So that's the power of Cast of Valor. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but That's awesome. but uh,
1: Blog Talk Radio Get it straightened out uh, They don't work on Sundays Unfortunately <laughs> When they come in tomorrow okay. They'll uh, straighten out The audio problem And it'll be streaming All over the place tomorrow But I apologize to you guys And anybody had Listening into the live show Some platforms work Some don't sometimes But this is the first time We kind of went down All over And I'm seeing all the other shows That are on today right now They're all having the same problem. So it's a site thing I do apologize yeah. But we are recorded And people will hear it
3: Sounds good Thank you, Mike Right. And if not, we'll Thank have
1: you. you back on again. game. We'll just build you under a different name so we don't lose power again. <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs> like that. All right, guys. Thank it you. Was, it was great talking to you. Hey, more importantly, where can people you know, find out what's happening with the band, keep up with you guys, and buy this great EP that you guys put out?
3: Well, we're all over everything. So the main sites we use are Facebook. So just go to Facebook and type in Castor Valor. Um That's C-A-S-T-E-R. Volor. You can go to Instagram, Twitter. Our website is castervalor dot com. We're on iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, uh, Amazon. So it, you can just Google Castor Valor, and there's plenty of things to look at there.
2: We also have a Snapchat.
3: We got Snapchat we too.
2: Follow what we're doing every minute of the day. Exactly. Technically. There you That's go.
1: That's a beautiful thing, Stephen Caster, Thank you guys very much, man. I appreciate it. It was great talking to you tonight. The best of luck with the band.
3: Thank you so much. Thanks for having us.
1: My pleasure. Take care, guys. Have a great night. Take care.
3: You as well. Thank you.
1: Bye-bye. All right. You know what? I'm going to play some music off the EP. Or maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should just wait until next week to make sure it's actually going through and (laughs) you can hear it. So maybe we'll just play something else, and we're going to close the show out tonight. I know it's only an hour, but I don't know if we're getting through to anybody anymore because it seems like everything is down here at Block Talk Radio. So uh, how about we do a little Chateau with Chained and Desperate? We'll call it a night and I'll see you guys next Sunday. Take care, everybody.